Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. As a PR professional, we all at some point appreciate the opportunity to have positive exposure in the print media, especially if we have our own byline. Now, perhaps you may have noticed a trend in some print media, a paid byline. That's right, your written article with your name. Now, in search of additional media, there are print media that offer this opportunity. Now, I know because the California Business Newspaper sent me a letter with such an offer, and it had a very hefty price tag attached. Now, question. Can such an opportunity be used in a logical, professional, and ethical manner to benefit you and or your clients? My guest today says yes, and if used wisely, it can provide important benefits. Joining me today from New York City is Barbara Nonas, an award-winning strategic communications consultant and C-suite advisor with over 20-plus years of experience helping Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, and individuals tell their stories, build and protect their brands, and achieve their business goals. Now, prior to her communications consultancy, Barbara was head of corporate communications at Digitas, a global advertising and marketing agency. So, Barbara, thank you so very much for being a guest on the podcast today. Well, thanks so much for having me, Peter. Now, you say there's not a problem using paid placements and bylines when used wisely. Explain how that works and how one can benefit from using paid bylines. Right. Well, first, I'd love to just give some context, take a step back for a minute, and talk about thought leadership because there's such a premium on thought leadership today because it can really help an executive. It can elevate their profile, it can drive brand awareness, and really lead to tangible business results. So it's understandable that executives are really clamoring to get thought leadership and bylines published, and they're often incentivized or even required by their companies to produce thought leadership. Mm -hmm. So given that, 
sometimes it's really become like a catch-22 that you almost need to have a profile first before you can get an earned byline because there's such competition to get in the media. So that's when a paid byline, when used very, very thoughtfully, can be a good way to sort of break out and get your content published. So what should people be careful doing or be sure that they don't do when considering buying or getting a paid byline? Sure. Well, you know, the do's and don'ts are really similar for any thought leadership. But if you're paying to have your thought leadership published, you really need to be very thoughtful about it. And you need to create content that really delivers a provocative new point of view that will provide value to the readers. You really need to think about your readers. And the the headline should be so compelling that even people skeptical of paid content will want to click on it. And another thing is to really think about your target audience. Who do you want to reach? And how can you provide insights for them that no one else can? Another thing is to think about your media outlet and really be very thoughtful about what your what outlet you're choosing. You know, does it make sense for you? Think about who are you trying to reach? Do they do they read this publication? Does it, you know, does it make sense? Um, if you are trying to re- reach general like business uh, a business audience, you may not want to be in a trade outlet, for example. Mm-hmm. And another thing is to think about will it enhance the credibility of the leader or the company to be featured in this outlet? And will the outlet promote the article across their channels, you know, whether it's um, through podcasts, webinars, their social media channels, their website? It's, it's really important to find out about that before, um, you know, before paying all this money to have your, your content published. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes people have uh, a lot of discussion about a particular issue it might, uh, that a lot of people are discussing. Can it be wise for somebody to say, well, fine, here's a different point of view on this particular issue that nobody else has considered? That could be a wise move as well. It can, but I think, again, you have to be really thoughtful about it, and you don't Mm want to just jump on the bandwagon and write about something that everyone's writing about because it's really hard to break through the clutter. Okay. So you really need, need to think about that. You need to do some research. If they're already millions of articles about that topic, you you really need to think about, is what I have to say so different from what's out there? Mm-hmm. Now, you said there's a possibility of spreading, uh, once the article has been uh, delivered and printed and so forth, to distribute it other ways, uh, your uh, web company's website and other things such as that? Right. You really want to get the most, get the biggest bang for your buck. So you want to amplify the content. So beyond posting it on, on, on your company's website and social media, channel, social media channels, there's so much more that, that can be done. You can highlight the content with employees. You can share the article with clients and prospects, analysts, investors, you know, whoever your key audiences are. You can weave it into pitch decks if you do pitch decks, and you can include it in company newsletters. So really, you want to just think about how many ways can I can I use this content and, and amplify it? Mm-hmm. 
this uh, perhaps could be another opportunity for speaking engagements to talk about this, depending upon how popular the the topic or subject might be, that uh, you could be a keynote speaker to further deliver that message. Yes, definitely. I mean, that's really the point with this with this thought leadership is how can I how can I be considered a thought leader and certainly a stage presentation using this content as a springboard to get a speaking opportunity is fantastic. How much leeway does uh, or do you think that those persons considering this should should be asking the questions of the of the print media what uh, what's allowed what's not allowed points of view how many words those kinds of things what uh, what questions should they be asking before they make a final decision well one thing to think about is you don't want to overcommit because some outlets require that their contributors produce content regularly and that can be very unrealistic if this is you know, a busy CEO who's writing the content. You know, they may not have time to write a piece every month, for example. So, and you don't want them to feel this burden of having these overcommitment that then the content becomes less strong. So you really need to, to vet the agreement with the publisher in, van- in advance so you know what's required. You know, the other thing I think about when I think about being in the in the communications department, there are some senior officials who say, well, okay, well, fine, uh, write something for me. That sounds rather nebulous and somewhat noncommittal. Should they also be in the planning of this? Here's what I want to say. These are the things I want to identify. What's the best way of making sure that it's constructed in such a way that it delivers the message that, that's impactful? Well, I think a savvy and seasoned comps person can help with the writing, but I think it's really important to find out from the executive, you know, what are they really passionate about? What do they want to say? You know, what are some key points? And then that comps person can kind of turn that into a thought leadership piece, but it's really important that it's coming from the executive because then that person, if they then, you know, for example, do get a speaking opportunity, they need to be able to speak about the topic convincingly. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be something that like a comms person is sort of foisted on them. It should be something that they're, that they're passionate about. And um, another thing to think about to not do is you don't want to write a sales pitch. You know, just because you've paid for the content to be published, it doesn't mean that you don't need to think about your audience and, and what they need versus what you feel like writing about. Because if the content is purely promotional, it won't provide value to the readers and it's, it's an immediate turnoff. Mm-hmm. And really the goal of thought leadership isn't to sell, it's to get people to see you as a trusted resource for insights and opinions. And, and like you said earlier, to lead to opportunities like, you know, uh, being a keynote speaker or being on a panel and to writing more thought leadership. So it's not about selling. And, and that's something that some people, I mean, that people really need to, to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting in terms of having written a few speeches myself. One of the things, particularly for uh, uh, the head of our departments, um, I would sit down with them and find out what are some of the key points that you want to talk about in this presentation, whether it's the three of them, five of them, six of them, or whatever. 
and uh, then I can build something around that for them, having experience in, in the organization, take that back to them for review and um, managing and massaging it however you, uh, however one does that to, so that they say, well, fine, this is the one I really want to run with. That's the approach right, that I exactly. would Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, things that I've also done is suggesting topics. I have suggested topics to executives, and as long as they feel like, oh, yeah, that, that, that strikes a chord with me, that resonates with me, I can write about that, then, or, you know, I have things to say about that, then, then I can take those points from them again, like you said, and, and turn that into a piece, and then have them review it and say, yeah, that's, that's correct, or, you know, I've also written sort of more helps to write more kind of personal stories for leaders, and of course, those, all that information has to come from them, and then I can write the piece, and then they look at it, and of course, have to make any corrections, but you know, sometimes leaders just don't have that gift for writing, and that's where comms person can come in. Mm-hmm. Normally, when you if you if they've um, if you're going to get this article and decide to move forward with it, are you? Uh, I'm just going to ask because a lot of times uh, write articles that have somewhere around 500 words in them. Is that about an average length for something like this? Yeah, I would say, you know, between 500 and 800 words. Okay. And it also, of course, depends on the on the outlet, you know, because something like, you know, the Harvard Business Review, for example, you know, they write, they have really long pieces. So you have to be in keeping with the outlet, and usually the outlet has uh, recommendations. But just in, in general, I say I always advise like five or even six to 800, 800 mm-hmm. words and not longer than that because people don't have long attention span these days and they they want something short and if but if you can write it in five or six hundred words great you know if you can get your point across and make really valuable and impactful points in in less words go for it don't just make it long because you think that's better well you know i I think uh the compression, if you will, that down to the five to eight hundred words makes you think about it and and be concise about what it is you're saying, rather than, you know, certain not circumventing but uh, elongating the the information when it does not necessarily have to be done that way. Yeah, and I think you know so often it's harder to write something short than to write something long, and I find that that's true for bylines, but also speeches. It's much more challenging to be concise, but that's. That's what people want, and that's how you get a better end product. I um, uh, have enjoyed it, but the, the other thing, some of these things can be translated into a use for speeches. One of the uh, demands on me when I was writing speech, speeches for um, uh, the Assistant Secretary of Education, she said, I don't want anything over 12 minutes. It was that was it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. get there thirty minutes. That's because anything after that, I'll let them ask questions. But uh, for me, the the limit is twelve. So I I know you might not necessarily be able to translate that that into some writing, but perhaps if you excerpt your uh, speech uh, as a and and become a speaker, then you've got to make see if you can con- contain yourself within that time limit. Yeah, I mean the you know the the topic of the byline can definitely be a a theme for a speech and yeah there's some statistic which I can't remember off the top of my head but it's something like people can only pay attention for I think it's only like a bunch of seconds you know so um, 
that's that's another reason that you really need to grab people from the outset. You know, whether it's a byline or a speech, you need to have that hot start that gets mm-hmm. people to like pay attention. You know, like wake up and go, oh, this could be interesting. I'm going to pay attention to this. Because if you start out, you know, in a boring way, then you've just lost your audience to begin with. And that's that's true for bylines as well. And that's why with a byline, you want to have a headline that's just so compelling and interesting that people, even people who are skeptical of paid bylines will want to say, wow, that's so interesting. I'm going to click on it because I want to hear what this person has to say. It's interesting you brought that up because that's exactly what I try to do when I give a title to each episode of the podcast. You know, what can I say right now that, you know, when they're scanning through uh, through the uh, topics to uh, make sure that they stop and uh, give a listen to this. So I certainly agree with you on that one. That is uh, that takes some time and, and, and a lot of thought to get it right. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the headline is so is so important. Now, are there any other things that you can think of that we should consider as we begin to put an article like this together that we haven't touched on yet? I think we've gone over the key elements. You know, I think just to remember that it shouldn't be a sales pitch and that really the goal is not to sell. It's to get people to to see you as as a trusted resource because not only can it lead to stage opportunities, you know, speaking opportunities, but it can also lead to becoming a resource for reporters. If you have a, an interesting and strong point of view, reporters will then reach out to you if they're covering that topic because they want to hear what you have to say. So it really can open and open so many doors. Well, so let me say thank you so very much for this insight. Uh, as you know, we had to uh, go around in a few circles to get here, but I'm very happy that we did get this done because I do think it's an important uh, piece that a lot of folks will consider and this guidance could certainly and will certainly be a benefit to them. So any closing remarks from you? Um, I would just say that these, the do's and don'ts that, that we talked about really apply to thought leadership in general, not just paid. And also always try for earned and not paid. But, but as I said earlier, it's just become, there's so much, as you mentioned, outlets are looking for revenue. So it used to be so much easier to get an earned piece in a media outlet. But now that so many outlets have adopted this pay to play model, they won't even accept earned pieces. And unless you already have this huge profile or come from a company that has a huge profile. So that's when the paid opportunity makes sense. But again, you have to be very thoughtful about it. Mm-hmm. Barbara, thank you so very much. Uh, my guest today was Barbara Nona. She is an, uh, an award-winning strategic communications consultant and C-suite advisor, and she's given us guidelines. So if you are considering paid byline, this is the story that uh, obviously you listen, take notes, and tell your friends. And also be sure if you've enjoyed it, the uh, podcast to give us a great review, and we look forward to having you join us on the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.
this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.